Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. just want to read a couple of verses from Acts um, 7, starting in verse 48, and say a really warm welcome to you if you're here for the first time. If you're listening on a podcast, we say greetings to you, and we read it from Acts 7, verse 48. This is... um, This is part of um, Stephen's speech, and he says this. However, the Most High does not dwell in sanctuaries made with hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and earth my footstool. That puts it in perspective, doesn't it? What sort of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is my resting place? Did not my hands make all these things? It's a, it's a rhetorical question. What, what kind of house could we build for God? He, he dwells in the heavens. What how, kind of house could we build for him? But it's a great question for us, isn't it? What kind of house, church, family, are we building for him? And um, I'll, just, I'll come back to those verses in a moment. The, these are really unusual days we're living in, aren't they? Very unusual. I, um, I wouldn't say they're unprecedented, but they are unusual, and they are unpredictable. They're uncertain days. They're um, unstable days. <clears throat> but you know, for us, these need to be unstoppable days. Yeah. Days of the unstoppable advance of the kingdom of God. And in thinking about the cross and the crown and and all the things we've been considering this month, I'd just like to touch this morning um, on some really practical outworkings for us, some really practical implications and repercussions, and, and just think about some of the response that what, we, what we've been coming into in terms of our teaching and our, our revelation of things, what we've been coming into... Um, how we must respond to that. I feel I've learned a lot. I feel I've seen a lot. But I think um, there's a question now for us. How will we respond to these things? And if I could put it in this context, what does it mean for the kind of house we're building? How will what what we're seeing and learning, how will it affect our relationship with the Lord or with one another or with the world? How, how will or how must the principles of the cross, how must they um, do their work in me and through me? Um, we said a few weeks ago, we, we must let the cross do its work and we must ensure nothing uh, robs the cross of its effective power for us. So what are the, uh, some of the appropriate responses 
to all that Jesus has accomplished through the cross. And again, just to make this clear, when we talk about the cross, that's like a shorthand for the fact that God became a man and gave up his life on a cross and there he resisted every demon and he embraced every disease and he rose from the dead and he conquered every enemy and he dethroned Satan and then he ascended into heaven and he sat down on the throne of grace and he received a magnificent crown of glory. So when I say the cross, if you could just think of that paragraph, it's all of those things and more because I certainly don't understand it all. What are, our, what are some of the appropriate responses to the cross, to those things? And I want to speak from my heart this morning. I always do, but um, just sort of share some things that I believe are really relevant to us at this time. And they concern the kind of house that we're building. And, and just to um, help, I've got five key words. They'll all come up. First one begins with a C, the second with an R, the third with an O, and then the fourth and fifth with an S. Okay, so you can remember it. So here are the words, all right? And we'll come on to them. The first word is care. The second word is order. The th- Sorry, I beg your pardon. That's not right. <laughs> the second word is, is reach. The third word is order. It's really good to know you're, you're alive and awake and... <laughs> and can spell. The fourth word is sorry. And the fifth word is serve. Okay? So, the first thing I want to say is this, and and the title is Because of the Cross. Because of the cross, we care. Because of the cross, we let the Holy Spirit create a shift in us that enables us to really, truly love the world. Because when we understand what Jesus has done for us, what he went through, and we understand the word tells us that he did it because God so loved the world, it has to produce a response in us. John 3.16, God so loved the world He so wants people to be free. He so wants people to be restored and elevated and dignified. He really cares. Jesus Jesus came for the world, not for the church. The cross was for the world, not for the church. The the church was the result of the cross, but the church wasn't wasn't the object if I could put it that way, the object of the cross is the world. God so loved the world. And the result of that is a church, but God came for the world. You weren't saved when he came. Richard Jones wasn't an elder when he came. None of us were here when he came. He came for the world. And he cares and he loves people, especially loves the poor. Haven't had the news of these last few weeks. Our heart has to go out. It says in Galatians, when, when Paul is sharing his, um, his apostolic call and his, his sense of commissioning, and he goes 
up to Jerusalem to meet the twelve, and they talk together. They agree that, that Paul has been commissioned to the Gentiles, and Peter has been commissioned to the Jews, and um, they have an agreement about how, how they're going to work in partnership together. And Paul writes about, he says, the only thing they asked of me was that I remember the poor. And he says, it's the very thing I was most eager to do. That's the heart of God's servants. God loves lost souls. He loves those that are hurting. He loves wildflowers. And so we cannot be indifferent. This, this, this teaching, this, this truth must affect the way we care for the world. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. And, and he's longing to get out. I, I don't think he likes buildings very much. He loves the world. And God, wants, God has put us alongside people in our workplaces, in our colleges, in our streets, in our neighborhoods. He's put us alongside people. I don't know how many um, empty chairs are in the room, but God loves everybody who's going to sit in those chairs. Have a little look around and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to stir our hearts. There's a hundred more empty chairs in the room. God loves every man and woman, every teenager, every lost soul, every wildflower, every hurting heart that's not sitting in this room with us yet. God loves them. God cares deeply. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to do all that he did and to accomplish all that he did on the cross. Many of these people coming our way, let me be honest with you, they're not your type. And it's totally irrelevant. They are your type because they're his type and you're his type and we need to get over something and say, I've been waiting for you. You're my type. Some of them will have a very different story to us. Some will have similar stories. Many will have had totally different opportunities to us. Some might have the same. And we need to stop and let our hearts be moved. Let the cross work in us, the power of the cross in us, to expand our capacity to love people. I, I, I think maybe we need a fresh and deep and really... Um, this little phrase that I feel the Spirit is emphasizing, a heart-wrenching love for the world. So we can really get alongside people. We can really open our hearts to them and, and open our arms to people, open our homes to people, open our, open our lives to people. And folks, we have to put to death any creeping apathy. Any creeping apathy that an enemy would want to put on us, we have to put it to death, kill it, and be fired up afresh with a passion for the world, a passion for the lost. I, I believe the Lord wants to, part of this fountain perhaps, of grace 
will bring to us a new wave of care and compassion. We have to make space for many, many more people. In our, first of all, in our hearts, in our lives, and in our church, and in our family. So I want to say, because of the cross, the house we're building will be a place of, of awesome, amazing care. Compassion, care, and consideration. Really big-hearted care for all the world. Amen? Amen. What did R stand for? Reach. Reach. I want to say this from my heart. Because of the cross, we can't settle for anything less than all that we've seen. Okay? We cannot settle for anything less than all that we've seen. And what I'm particularly referring to here is that our revelation of the cross has uh, brought home to us the truth that Jesus has defeated every enemy. And he's conquered sin. And he's conquered sickness. And he's conquered depression, and he's conquered disease, and he's conquered death, and he wears the victor's crown. And we love to sing about those truths, don't we? We love to experience those truths. But we really do need to see more breakthroughs. And I know you're only going to amen me. We need to see more breakthroughs because our experience doesn't yet match the reality of the Gospels, of the book of Acts, and we have no other standard, and God hasn't changed, his heart is the same, his victory is assured, he always wears the victor's crown. It says in Hebrews chapter 2, you could just turn there. It says in Hebrews 2, and it speaks about uh, man in verse 6. It says, um, one has somewhere testified, what is man that you remember him? Hebrews 2 verse 6. What is man that you remember him or the son of man that you care about him, care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor. You subjected everything under his feet. For in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing not subject to him. But as it is, we don't yet see everything subjected to him. That's, I think, where we're at in our heart and our expectation, isn't it? We know the truth. We know what the word says. We don't yet see everything in the right place. But it goes on to say this, but we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. We don't yet have an experience that always matches the reality, the truth. But we will. Every stronghold must come down the gates of Hades won't prevail this is the age of the gospel 
And the same spirit lives in me, lives in you, that raised Jesus from the dead. You know, I'm so grateful for all that we see. Aren't you so grateful? And John, let me just... Um, John just had a, had a testimony to share. Just, just very quickly, John, just tell us what happened to you this week. Uh, I'm going to say, what a mighty God we serve. And I've seen his grace manifested in my life this last two weeks. The first week I went to the hospital, I've been cleared of uh, bladder cancer. Wonderful. Just, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and the second week, this last week, I was cleared before I had the treatment for the prostrate. It was 8%. When to, I went this week, it was nil. It was zero. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're so grateful for John's testimony. We're so grateful for every testimony, every experience of the power of God, which is as it should be. But folks, there's much, much more. Amen? Much, much more. Why don't we just say that together? Much, much more. Much, much more. Because we want to live in all that he has for us. It's our inheritance. We don't have all the answers. We know there are some gaps in our understanding, but we know his power is sufficient for us, even especially in our weakness. So I want to make you a promise on behalf of the elders. I think I'm on safe ground, even though Chris is in Market Harbor this morning with Phil, um, Stephen, but I'm on safe ground. This is our promise. We won't lower our expectation. We will not compromise or dilute our theology. We will not try and justify any gap between our experience and the truth. We won't try and justify any gap. We'll simply keep pressing on. We'll keep reaching. We'll keep reaching into God and believing and praying and where the Lord shows us anything to change, we'll change it. Until our revelation is consistently matched with our experience. Until the sick are consistently cured. The tumors are consistently cursed. That our minds are consistently in peace. A haven of health. And here's the other thing. I promise, if you're up for this, we will go there together. Yes. We will exercise faith together. Yes. We'll reach together. We won't, we'll agree together when it's not as it should be. Yes. And we'll press on together. We, we, we're not trying to find fault or critic. We're just, we're just reaching together because we're hungry for all he's got for us. Yes. Reaching until our revelation and our experience are matching each other. Yes. Because of the cross, the house we're building will reach into our revelation until there is a 21st century manifestation of first century power. Amen. Amen. I like that. I like that. Thirdly, we will order 
ourselves. We order, because of the cross, because of the cross, we die to ourselves, we live in a new order that is his kingdom. I want to put it this way. In these days of such unpredictability and insecurity and instability, it's really vital that we're different. That we live ordered lives, godly lives, lives of integrity. Because there's so many people in the world that he loves so much that are so aching to meet people they can respect and trust and believe in. And um, here's the verse, um, Tony, it's in Psalm 16. I really, I've always loved this verse. I read it again a couple of days ago. Psalm 16. If this is true for you, let's have a big shout out for the Lord. Psalm 16, verse 5. Lord, please get really noisy. Okay? Really noisy. You ready? Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. Here's the line. Isn't this beautiful? The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a beautiful inheritance. How wonderful. We can say the boundary lines have fallen for us in really pleasant places. We're so blessed. Ordered lives. Blessing, godliness, friendship, faith, belief, hope, an anchor. Family, the boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. And you know, because of the cross, we can be those people to the world. We can be those people, the, the, the world, our friends. When I talk about the world, I'm not, there's no anonymity in this. It's our neighbors. It's our families. It's our schoolmates, our college mates, our, our workmates. Because of the cross, we can be a different people. Read some verses uh, a couple of weeks ago where Paul talks about being, having crucified the old self, no longer being enslaved to sin. He says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He says, I've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The world has been crucified to me. Listen, folks, the world has been crucified to us. Yes. And he goes on to say, and me to the world. That's in Galatians, in Galatians 6. Verse 14, the world has been crucified me to me and me to the world. In other words, worldly things, worldly thinkings, worldly perspectives, worldly hopes, worldly fears, worldly terrors, worldly things. We've been crucified to those things and they to us. And therefore, because of the cross, we can live by totally different standards. Because of the cross... I can express a new order of things. I keep my word. I keep my promises. I'm dependable. I'm consistent. I'm reliable. People can feel secure because I'm there. This is our confession. I exercise self-control and self-discipline. I'm put to death lusts and inappropriate passions things that grieve him, I say no to them. 
when I'm tempted, I know he's provided an escape route. An escape route. And I find it and I escape through it. I gladly surrender my finances to him. Because of the cross, I tithe. Because of the cross, we've tithed for 30 more years. And we've known his blessing, his provision because of the cross. Our finances are surrendered to him. Because of the cross, we pay our debts on time. We live a new order, a different kind of order, a godly order. Because of the cross, I speak well of others and believe the best about them, and I won't put them down. Because of the cross, I'm now part of a healthy community. Healthy community. A haven of health that, that, that extends beyond the body. Yeah. Healthiness yeah. in the way we relate, in the way we make our choices, yeah. the way we speak to one another. Healthiness. Yeah. Yeah. A haven of health in every way. Yeah. How blessed we are. The boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. And because of the cross, the house we're building is characterized by that sort of godliness and order and favor in our lives. Amen. Hands up if you're blessed to be in a healthy community. Yes. Amen. It's so good to be in a healthy community. Amen. And I think sometimes we just don't realize the impact and the difference that has and makes on other people. We need to wise up to it. Yeah. Fourthly, this is S. Okay, but it's double S. We say sorry, and I want to, I'll get on to what I mean by that. But the bigger point is this, because of the cross, we can extend grace to one another yes. and live in harmony. This is so important. We can extend grace. Listen carefully. We can overlook offenses. We can overlook faults. We can be patient with one another. We can get along graciously. Because of the cross, none of us has to dominate. None of us has to win the argument. You don't always have to be right. You can be gracious. Even if you think you're right. You might be wrong. But you can be gracious. And extend grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is, this, is a, this is a rare value, a rare characteristic, but it has to be the norm amongst us because of the cross. If the cross isn't at work in our lives, we're no different to the world, but we're not the world. We're the house of God, and everything must be different. We extend grace to one another. We get along. We do get along. I love the fact that we get along. I love the fact we're so different. And we can experience the wonderful, liberating power of saying sorry. I've been thinking about how powerful this is. And perhaps how much more frequent this needs to be. The power of admitting, confessing, saying sorry receiving forgiveness the power of giving forgiveness the power and you know this is a key to healing in James chapter 5 
talks about calling for the elders who will lay hands on you, but it says in verse 16, and if you confess your sins to one another, then you'll be healed. We can't detach the things. We can't uncouple what the word puts together. Because of the cross, I can humble myself. I can kill my pride. I can prefer others. I can deny myself. I can put you first. It means I can get along with you. I honestly believe we could pick eight people at random in this room, put them together, and we should have a fantastic life group. Any eight of us. We're all filled with the Spirit, aren't we? What's wrong with us? We can have a fantastic fellowship together if we'll extend grace towards one another and love each other. We have got fantastic life groups, by the way. I'm being rhetorical. I mustn't look for the speck. I mustn't look for the speck in you. I want to look for Christ in you. I want to see Christ in you. I don't want to regard anybody after the flesh. I want to, I want to regard everybody after the spirit and see Christ in you. So often our focus, where's the speck? Where's the speck? Where's the speck? How about looking for Christ? How about, how about being so blessed by, by Jesus that we meet in one another? It means we never bring gossip or slander into the house of God. We never sow discord. We never, we always settle our differences. We give the enemy no room. Let me just say, if you ever see or hear a little fox in this church, you know what I mean by little fox? Could you, um, can you not feed it? Can you kill it, please? Scripture talks about little foxes that ruin the vine. Little things. Little things that can creep around. If you see a little fox, shoot it on the spot. Or set the dogs on it. I mustn't say that. That's not a political comment. But just deal with the fox. Don't feed it. Don't put some food out for it and and invite it back again. Kill it. Amen. Do you still love me? Praise God. Because of the cross, the house that we're building will be founded on unity, is founded on unity and harmony. And you know what Psalm 133 says about that kind of house? It it receives the commanded blessing of God. And the last thing is this. Because of the, the cross, we serve a greater cause. I'm so blessed by our level of serving in the church. It's fantastic. And, and it's as it should be. That's, that is the norm yes. in the house of God. We don't live for ourselves anymore. Because of the cross, I can sacrifice my preferences and my choices. The things, things I, maybe I'd prefer not to do them. Tough. The cross is at work. Yes. We were talking the other week about um, some of the brothers in this church who at the drop of a hat will put a high-vis jacket on and head out into the car park, come rain or shine. And they're just one example of many who serve their socks off. We serve whenever there's a need. We serve whenever there's, there's a requirement to step up. Why do we do that? Because we contribute what we have. Because um, I, I want to give what I can add. I want to add what others lack. I want to give 
what only I can give. I want to make the body great and to meet needs and to honor others and to serve our kids and our youth and to raise our profile. We're a great church. We're a great serving church. And Jesus says that true greatness is serving. If you want to be the greatest, become a servant. If you're here and, and you've no intent other than to consume, to receive, just to consume, just to receive, then this probably isn't the place for you. But, but I know that's not our heart. But every one of us comes because of the cross, because of the cross with a willingness to serve and sacrifice and, and give to others. Everything changes because of the cross. You're glad it only has five letters, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Maybe next week I'll talk about the wonderful, magnificent, glorious cross. Everything changes because of the cross, folks. And if, if it just stays up there as great teaching, we'll have missed it. Because of the cross, the kind of house we're building is a house where the cross and the crown completely define everything for us. The way we care for the world, the way we reach upwards and into God for an experience that matches the truth, the way our lives are ordered, the way we extend grace to each other, the way we're we're quick to say sorry, not trying to win, and the way we serve our mission and our vision together. I'm so glad to be um, in this church with you guys. It's the best place ever. Honestly. Honestly, the best place ever. If ever Richard or I are away somewhere else, we always come back and say, it's so good to be home. It was good there, but it's not like the rock. Why don't we stand together? I think Richard's going to lead us um, in a just a response in worship. And we've got a couple of really fantastic things to do, which is to welcome in some new members this morning. Did we manage with the photo okay, Andy? Okay, so in a moment, yeah, brilliant. Okay, we'll get to that later. Good, Lord, we just want to thank you for the cross. And I want to pray, Lord, this morning that, that because of the cross, there'll be real, significant, substantial change and adjustment for us that will be the kind of house that you, although you live in heaven, dwell in heaven, but your footstool is on earth and I pray you'll be be pleased to frequent this house because of what you find here, Lord, because of the impact of the cross and the crown of, of of the price and the sacrifice and the victory and the conquering of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be stirred to reach into you for everything you've got for us. Lord, to care for the world the way you do, to open our hearts wide to receive everyone you're sending here, to be ready when they come, to to be able to say we've been waiting for you, we've been ready for you, that our lives will be ordered and godly in every way, defined by a different standard, and Lord, as we, as we serve one another, as we extend grace and, and are a 
forgiving, gracious community. I want to pray that your blessing will be powerfully upon us. Those springs, those fountains of grace will wash over us, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.